the Pillars of Health podcast with strength coach John Carroll, coming to you from the Movement Lab in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're about to dive into everything you need to know when it comes to strength and conditioning, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. Check us out on movementlabrally.com and coachjohncarroll.com. And now your host, John Carroll. Welcome to the Pillars Health Podcast. Very excited to have Ali Gilbert joining me today on the podcast. Welcome, Ali. Hello. Thank you for having me. So this is uh, episode 100 of the Pillars of Health, so a bit of a landmark. And not that you knew this, but a couple of weeks ago or even months ago, I was like, it'd be pretty awesome to have Ali Gilbert on the podcast for episode 100, kind of mark things, you know, discuss testosterone, something we really haven't delved into yet on the podcast here. So definitely uh, very happy to have you on to get into this topic today. Oh, wow. I feel so honored. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Yeah. But let's do this. We'll, we'll get into the icebreaker question. And today for you, I have, what is something that you are grateful for in your life right now? Oh, um, I'm grateful for the ability to be able to help people all over through an online platform as well as in person and having an amazing spouse, partner in life who allows me to be myself. Right. I love him. Yeah. That's, a, that's an awesome quality to have, yeah, because you don't want to be going through life trying to be someone you're not, so. Yeah, too many people do that. Yes, or... you only get one chance, so you might as well, might as well live your, your best life. Exactly. Um, kind of fill everybody in on like your journey to your current position of what it is you do. So um, I'm a golf fitness professional, and that is really what people get confused about. They're like, well, are you a doctor? Are you a trainer? Mm-hmm. And um, through golf fitness, I just started working with more and more men. And with that came, you know, having to learn about nutrition coaching and everything because guys are kind of just, they're, you know, like anybody, they're just kind of lost and didn't know really what to eat. And a lot of the population I work with, you know, very high stress driven individuals Mm -hmm. and seem to be dealing with like nagging injuries and just little stuff here and there. And I'm like, you know what, this is something that we really need to address. And I got more into the nutrition side of stuff. And then with that came the hormonal side, because as you know, you're a guy, men don't go to the doctor unless something is you know an emergency mm-hmm. and men's health is kind of an area that men really need an advocate for so i was like you know what nobody's really focusing on this and no females are focusing on it so mm-hmm. i kind of just dove headfirst into that and then learned as much as i can and network with a bunch of doctors so that there's doctors that i that i work with from a referral standpoint and basically talk to to gain information, but there's also a lot of non-medical professionals that are extremely brilliant in this side of men's health, specifically hormone replacement, which is one of the bigger topics. So yeah, so I still train golfers in person and do a lot of consulting online remotely. So I do online nutrition and basically I call it like lifestyle training, but You know, if you, somebody wants a training program and they want nutrition coaching or if they just want to do a one-off consult, I do all of that. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, let's do this. We'll kind of narrow down because we have a lot of ground to cover, but we'll narrow down initially what we want to talk about and we'll just bring up the topic of testosterone, right, and why that is something that men need to be aware of and optimal levels. First of all, 
what are some optimal levels that men need to work within? And, you know, there's two ways I could ask this to you. It'd be the medical approach, but also where, where do you kind of fall within that? So it's funny because there's, there's a range, right? Yeah. Whenever a guy gets blood work, there's arbitrary ranges for everything. Um, the range for men in testosterone serum, which is blood, is anywhere between like 260 to now it's like 970. Um, It used to be around 290, 300, up to like 1100, but actually the ranges have lowered because men's test levels have lowered so much in the past 30 years or so. So LabCorp actually in 2017 lowered the, the mean deviations and it was pretty, it's pretty sad. So you know, generally speaking, I would say 500 or above would be an optimal level for a man. Okay. But there's quite often a guy will, you know, go to a doctor, get his testosterone checked, and they'll say, oh, well, you know, you're 304, you're in range. And the guy can be 32 years old and feel like crap. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that's not an optimal range. Plus, there's the free testosterone levels that you want to look at too. Um, so it, it's, it's basically you want every guy to be able to feel as good as possible and feel like he did when he was at his peak test levels. And for every guy, that is different. Some guys feel amazing at 600, you mm-hmm. know, if they have a good free level, and some guys feel horrible at 900. So, right. Yeah. So, something you mentioned there the free test levels. Um, should people, should guys be getting their test testosterone serum and their free testosterone levels included in their blood work so they can kind of keep track of those two? Yeah, you, you want that. You want sex hormone binding globulin or SHBG, which is a glycoprotein that can bind up um, testosterone and estradiol. Mm-hmm. And you want to get estradiol. You know, there's a bunch of other stuff, but it's not just the total test level that is something anybody should ride on. Um, Because there are a lot of medical practitioners too that really just look at lab work and they kind of want to medicate based on ranges and that's not an optimal approach either. Right, so you're just kind of taking in the whole big picture. Yeah. Okay, okay. For someone listening who doesn't know what estradiol is, you know, can you just quickly explain that for them? Yeah, so estrogen is commonly thought of as the female hormone because we have more of it than men but however men need it too uh women also have testosterone but we have the levels that you guys have so you know we and men have progesterone as well and women have progesterone so progesterone and estrogen will be our main hormones and i would say testosterone would be the main male hormone so they you want to get that tested because if a guy is not on testosterone replacement and has very high estrogen levels, you'll probably see that he's overweight and dealing with some other you know, parameters with his blood lipids and cholesterol and stuff like that because having optimal levels of estrogen is something men need if they are on testosterone replacement. And in general, you can lower it if you're overweight because you know, we'll get into the reasons why this is, but it's something that needs to be monitored is really the short answer if I don't get ahead of myself because I tend to go on tangents and I want to... (laughs) That's all right. But yeah, you mentioned uh, previously just in the introduction about how the levels, like you mentioned LabCorp, right, have lowered the, the overall range of the levels of testosterone for men. And is that just down to our current modern lifestyle habits? Yes. So 
there's these evil things in our food and toiletry products and everything called endocrine disrupting chemicals. And your endocrine system is all your, your hormonal glands. And they basically are found in plastics, a lot of shampoos, lotions, uh, soaps, I mean, you name it, you know, now it's becoming more stream where mainstream where you see certain products has no parabens, no phthalates, no, you know, bad yeah. toxic things. And thank God, because now there's companies like Beauty Counter and Burt's Bees and, and other companies that are making products that are made from all natural stuff. And you can actually go on um, the Environmental Working Group, EWG website. They have a list of all the pesticides, herbicides, the bad uh, estrogens within all the products that I was talking about. And they have the list of, you know, products that are good, that they approve of and everything. Because yeah, our modern lifestyle being very, very stagnant, we don't really move as much as we used to. Right. Overweight, obesity is one of the biggest causes. We don't sleep, we have technology in our face. Like, we're, we're just so stimulated and stressed out and, and just not doing anything about it that as a society, then, our, you know, our ability to operate as like the species we're supposed to has totally gone downhill. So mm -hmm. men are showing lower and lower levels of testosterone. And there's actually studies that are showing that that are or that are predicting men to be infertile by the year 2046, which is really scary. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is, yeah, that's crazy. Well, I, you know, I, I definitely see, I see the reasoning behind the change in the range because definitely we are, like you said, we're not moving as much and then add in everything else that we're doing on top of that. It kind of makes sense. What are, first of all, for someone who may think they have low testosterone or are just kind of in a funk, what are some of the like symptoms that you come across that uh, for people who are testing low? So a lot, a lot of the low T symptoms are very similar to depression. Um, you know, low motivation, low vitality. There could be some erectile dysfunction issues, uh, inability to recover from workouts like they used to, packing on body fat a little bit more rapidly, or they just can't maintain the muscle mass that they had before. And just kind of like a very malaise attitude. And that's when guys kind of like, all right, what's up? And sometimes, you know, they'll go to the, the doctor and they'll be given a antidepressant, which is really the last thing that they need. So it's always a good idea to suggest hormone testing, no matter what age you are, because it's always good to have a baseline too. Right, right. Now, I've, I've had a couple of uh, friends of mine who have been in that very same situation you just described to kind of felt like their testosterone levels were low, went to the doctor, got put on an antidepressant, and then as a result of the antidepressant had ED uh, effects from that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's, exactly. It's just yeah. a, it's a yeah. nasty place to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's just all too common, and then they're handed an ED drug, and it's just like this vicious cycle. So. Right. right. You know, there's so many issues when when guys are given antidepressants to fix anything. Like even if you look at the studies and the research and everything on antidepressants, they don't necessarily work in a very long period of time. So. Right. You know, it, it doesn't do anything to help their hormonal health either. So they're yeah. going to continue to, you know, feel those 
types of symptoms and they might actually even get worse as they get older if they're not addressing any of it. Yeah. Uh, recently, uh, I think it was Kevin Carr who was posting some, some information just on the, you know, the brain benefits of exercise and training. And he, he kind of made a point to say that the top two prescribed antidepressants had little or no effect compared to exercise, which is pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, you know. Uh, something we should definitely expect because a lot of times, like you said, these these prescriptions are being made kind of like an isolation. Like, okay, here's a problem. Let's put a Band-Aid on this instead of like you mentioned at the beginning, how you kind of look at the whole picture, right? Yeah, yeah. It was um, – so that reminds me. It's, it's funny because I get asked about, you know, Viagra and Cialis and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, Viagra started out as a blood pressure medication because they were looking for – things that, you know, opened up the pathways and increased endothelial health. And um, they realized, obviously, erections were a side effect. Now, when they went to try to market that as a drug, they were like, well, there's no sickness attached to it. So, like, erectile dysfunction as a term was created by an advertising person, not a medical person. Right. So they had to attach it to some sort of disorder in order to market it and then boom. Yeah. Made amazing sales. Right. <laughs> so yeah. So uh you have to attach disorders to certain things because that's how the pharmaceutical industry works, you know. Sleep and lifting weights and all that, that's not complicated enough or right. crazy. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't sound sexy. Like, but here's a pill, like this will cure everything, you know. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what we all we would all love a pill and right. all the pills that we've, you know, come about. Let's like, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 37. So everything that yeah. was. Yeah. So everything that we kind of grew up with in the supplement industry that worked, obviously, because it works, is now illegal. So right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, those pills that existed, they're very hard to find. That's true. <laughs> Like getting getting back to the the range real quick and just kind of uh, delving into that for for someone who goes in and like you said you know if, if the doctor is looking at someone's results and this guy tests three oh five and he's just barely within range but he's in range you know three oh five for him may feel awful right so ideally he may want to be like a six hundred or even higher to kind of get back to feeling like himself how does yeah. how, how does someone go about that with their primary care like or is it someone do they have to go to a specialist in order to kind of start that process so normally i would encourage people to see a specialist just because primary care physicians are not necessarily trained in hormone replacement or hormone optimization right you know generally people say oh what do i get tested for labs and you know, if they're working with me, I'll give them a list and they'll probably come back with maybe, you know, an eighth of that. And if if they come up as low and everything kind of matches, what I do is basically handle all of the lifestyle things that should be in place before hormone replacement is really considered. Okay. Now, there's times where guys are just they feel so crappy. They're so overweight. They've got metabolic syndrome that, yeah, maybe a little bit of exogenous testosterone can actually motivate them to, you know, get their lifestyle together. But if it's somebody who, you know, the guys I see are usually pretty fit, just, you know, not eating enough because they think, oh, if I eat less, if I train more, maybe I'll look the way I want, but I feel like shit. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, it, it, it's the lifestyle stuff that they have to get in place, sleeping and nutrition and training and all that. And so when all those are kind of intact and you're addressing them, then yeah, hormone replacement is, you know, a phenomenal thing to consider. You know, if a guy, um, I just answered this on my, my Instagram cause somebody asked me about fertility. So if, if a guy's had kids and he doesn't care if he gets any, um, suppression of sperm production, then right. yeah, go, go on injections. If mm. he wants to have kids, there are options for that. You can go on concurrent TRT with Clomid, which is a CIRM, or HCG, which is, it stimulates luteinizing hormone to produce sperm. Mm-hmm. Or they can just try those on their own without testosterone. So there's ways around it. There's way to, ways to preserve sperm production. You know, you do a sperm analysis before any of this. Right. And I know that's kind of like the long-winded answer to that question, but that's kind of where that goes because that is something that should be discussed. The doctor shouldn't say, okay, here's a script for, you know, test an anthe, have a nice day. Yeah. It should be discussed, the person's goals, their age, you know, all that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely appreciate that because I feel we have definitely gotten away from that, definitely in the medical professional uh, sorry, profession, uh, you know, we're so quick to kind of prescribe things instead of kind of looking at everything and, and basics, like you mentioned, like sleep, nutrition, training, like get those 100% and then we'll look and see if we're still in that that, that same place. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm lucky where the town I live in, I have a local doctor who by trade is a primary, but he knows a lot about hormone optimization and I can bring a client in there and say, you know, we're doing this exercise wise, we're, you know, he's eating this way. Mm-hmm. Can we put him on X dosage X times a week and then maybe run these labs and blah, blah, blah. And we have a discussion back and forth and like he'll pick my brain and I'll, you know, pick his a little bit, but he understands what we're trying to do. And will actually be extremely receptive where sometimes they don't understand athletes or optimal, you know, like optimal, that's not a goal that should be sick care. So, right. you know, not everybody has that. So sometimes it does take a while to find the right practitioner. So if a guy, you know, which this is not something I've never heard where they go to the doctor and the guy's like, oh, you look fine. You don't need your test levels done. And the person's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, or they're like, oh, testosterone causes cancer. Oh, you're going to yes. get prostate cancer. Yep. Like the immediate dismissal of anything with no scientific relevance, right. find another doctor. Yep. Run for the hills, find another doctor. <laughs> yes. So that was kind of like my next question was like, you know, have you have you come across maybe uh, your long distance clients, you know, have they faced much resistance when they've gone in maybe seeking the testosterone route? Yeah. And you know, funny enough that, you know, they, they've uh, chosen to work with me for a reason. So there's already that trust. So, you know, they, they know what I'm telling them is not just me making it up. Um, so we will work to either try and work with that doctor if they're open or we just find somebody else. And, you know, sometimes that involves going to see a doctor out of state somewhere because if you just see them once, then they'll be able to prescribe for you back in your home state. Mm -hmm. Um, or if the person's already on TRT, then they can have uh, consults online with telemedicine practitioners that are trustworthy too. So 
you know, there are some options. It's, it's limiting, but there are options. But yeah, I, guys get like the whole, the cancer thing, the you look fine, like all these ridiculous claims. Right. So. Yeah, and, and especially when someone's going in feeling so shitty, like you mentioned, you know, the last thing they want to do is kind of fight this fight to, to try and, you know, experience just feeling better. And it, it just seems like this huge, uh, enormous mountain they have to climb in order to get back to feeling normal, you know? Oh, yeah, because, like, you know, as we said, guys in general do not go to the doctor. If they go to the doctor, uh, they are shy about asking about testosterone replacement because it's been so demonized. They feel like they're asking for steroids yeah. or cheating or right. something like that. Yeah, it's like a, a female. Yeah, a female on hormone replacement, it's, like, so socially accepted because of menopause. But guys go through their version of menopause, and they're actually going through it way earlier than they should be so you know you can see how angry i get and this is why i work in this field because yeah, i'm yeah. like no like that's not <laughs> you guys deserve you know to feel the way you deserve to feel and women do want men who act like men right, you know right aside from the feminist movement and all that going on right now like yeah i'm all for strong women but we still want chivalry we still want decisive action you know we still want all that stuff and testosterone helps guys be that way yeah. and you know the more rejection they get from medical professionals then the less they're going to ask about it because everyone's experiencing all of this so it's kind of an epidemic but i feel like we're starting to turn a corner a little bit with the knowledge of a lot of the medical practitioners but you know, we still have a long way to go as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, before I ask you about the different forms of replacement therapy, I just wanted to ask you, because, you know, late at night you'll see these advertisements on TV about, you know, uh, either pills or something for low T and stuff like this. Do you, do you feel that there's like some, some part of the the healthcare or even just companies in general trying to hijack that movement because it is potentially a pretty big gold mine for some people, you know, as opposed to someone like yourself who's oh, coming yeah. in trying to have that 360 approach? Yeah, it's actually, it's funny because, like, I'll go to vitamin shop, like, Charlie and I will walk around, and I'll just start laughing at the men's health section, and I'll start filming it because they have all these idiotic supplements that make no sense, and then, you know, the the people that work there are called health enthusiasts, I guess that's the legal term okay. for somebody who doesn't necessarily have the credentials to be working there, but right. does, so... You know, they'll, they'll ask me, like, do I want to buy a test booster? And I just start messing with them. And I'm like, can you tell me why this will be good for me? And, yeah. and they, they don't really know the answer. But so, you know, seeing those products like on TV where they have like, uh, you know, Frank Thomas with the new Genics or yeah. you, know, you don't really see Cenogenics commercials anymore. But they have a lot of these anti-aging TRT clinics that charge an enormous amount of money per month to have access to medication and doctors and we call it like the trt starter pack because they'll walk in and then they'll come out with like four different things when a guy really needs to only be on one thing when he's starting trt because otherwise you don't know what's doing what right so it, it is very concerning sometimes you know and i know we'll, we'll segue into the different forms but you really only want to do one thing and then see how your body reacts to that and right. then do lab work and all that versus getting hammered for, you know, $2,000 up front. 
Right. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Then getting into what the options are when it comes to replacement therapy for testosterone. Uh, I know from just even watching your Instagram that uh, you definitely are a fan of injections, but there also is like what pellets and patches as well. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. Yeah. So the the um, you cannot patent a hormone. So <laughs> the pharmaceutical company has come up with all these alternative delivery systems, and you know pellets are supposed to be something where you get it inserted in your butt and then you go on your merry way and then, you know, however many months the physician decides you can, you know, adjust the dose. The problem with pellets is A, they're extremely expensive. So I know a doctor locally here who charges, it's like $800 oh, wow. um, and it takes like 15 minutes. So obviously, you know, do the math. So, <laughs> and, um, it's invasive, so it's not necessarily comfortable. You can't train for a couple days. I actually had a consult this morning with a guy who had started out using those. And, you know, depending on the size of the person and their metabolism, they can burn through that quite quickly and then start having side effects because they have basically no testosterone. It's very hard to adjust the dosage. Yeah. So it's it's not really the most optimal because you have no idea what's going on. The gels, like, you know, we don't hear about androgel anymore. Yeah. Uh, why? Why is that? Because they couldn't really, <laughs> the concentration of testosterone up high enough in the gel. And the problem with a lot of the gels and the creams, and there are some scrotal creams that seem to be beneficial for guys, but they have to apply it twice a day. It has to be on smooth, shaven skin. So there could be the transference of it transfer is that a word you can transfer yeah, it to yep. family member yeah so that may not always you know be helpful for somebody and there's yeah numerous different patches that same thing the delivery route really isn't most optimal they have a nasal spray now that they're coming out with hmm. but you know because the half-life is short but yeah. still injections seem to be the way to go and the frequency is really um, the frequency and the dosage are really the most important things. And that's where you can get somebody to feel their best. And that will take some time to understand what that is for each person. Cause every guy is different. Right. So the injections are, is, am I correct in saying that they have shown to have more consistent levels of testosterone in the injections alone? Yes. Okay. Frequency-wise, what is the typical frequency for someone starting out or even just getting, you know, being on TRT? So there's a lot of physicians that will just do once a week, which, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, I'm trying to pick something that's not a taboo subject in the fitness industry. Well, let's say crunches because there's no names attached to it. You know, and it, it's like the crunches of the TRT world, they're kind of antiquated and, you know, it used to be every 10 days, every 14 days. Now they've realized the more frequent the injection, the more aligned with the body's release pattern that it is. Mm -hmm. So two to three times, honestly, is enough for most men. And this is based on doctors that I have in my network that I've discussed because they have the clinical experience. Right. So there are some guys that will do every day subcutaneously versus intramuscularly. And if they if they enjoy that, if it works for them, it, you know, if they're anal enough to get it done every day, awesome. Right. It's not absolutely necessary from what I have learned. So two to three times tends to be the norm. 
and then this way there's less of a massive spike because you don't have, you know, say they're on 200 milligrams a week, they, you don't have all 200 milligrams in one shot. It's a mm. little bit more released stably, which means that estrogen won't spike as high, which means they're less likely to experience any type of side effects from that. So right. whenever somebody experiences side effects from TRT, it's almost always because of the dosing and having to adjust the dosage. Okay. And, you know, just in, in reading up on doing some research on this topic, you know, I've come across different guys online talking about how every three and a half days, if you're on like a test, uh, test E or test C, and that kind of seems to be working for quite a few people who are on this, this forum I was reading. And then also they were talking about, you know, like you said in the beginning, if they're looking to, you know, possibly have children at some point, they were using HCG, you know, as well. The 3.5 days is something that you've come across as well? Yeah. You know, guys can be like, there is a lot of discussion online. Like people get very exact with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So... 3.5 days, so basically what you're saying, like twice a week to three times, yeah, kind of yeah. optimal, yeah. Yeah, like um, most pharmacies will will give cypionate or enanthate. Okay. Very few will, will have propionate. Propionate's half-life is significantly shorter than cypionate and enanthate. Cypionate and enanthate are pretty pretty much identical. Enanthate has a slightly shorter half-life, but cypionate, I push guys more towards enanthate just because a lot of them experience way more water retention with cypionate for some reasons. Okay, interesting. interesting. So, so, yeah, you'll have more, you know, more frequency right. uh, ester. Some pharmacies will do a blend of sip and, you know, so, but for general purposes, yes, two to three times. Okay, okay. And then some of the, the kind of side effects I came across were people uh, kind of describing nipple soreness and moodiness while on TRT. Would that be more of a dosage-related issue? Yeah, because, like, they'll, you know, they get that and then, all of a sudden freak out and then a doctor will give them an estrogen blocker. So, you know, guys are afraid of man boobs, they're afraid of, right. you know, their estrogen levels and stuff like that. So the, the gynecomastia, which is the scientific term for man boobs, that is a genetic thing. So if you're predisposed to it mm. and then you get it, it, it's really, and it can happen when you're not even on TRT. And wow. really the only solution for that is surgical because I mean, you could train upper body all you want. It doesn't necessarily mean it will go away. But that's not to, like, scare anybody off. doesn't mean you're automatically going to get it. There's guys that are predisposed that don't have it. So the sore nipples, puffy nipples, you know, if you, you know, lower the dose a little bit and then maybe increase the frequency, that can possibly go away because that can usually be attributed to the spike in estrogen that comes with the massive injection of tests. Right. Now, right. if you bring that down, Sometimes you can lower the dose, increase the frequency of injection, and guys will actually have higher levels circulating than they would in one big injection during the week. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. So, again, it kind of depends on the individual, like you, you kind of said in the beginning, right? Yeah. 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 Like, everyone's different. They'll, they'll feel better at certain dosages. But, you know, like an athlete who has a lot of muscle mass will probably require a larger amount each week than you know, a, a general population guy. Right. We mentioned fertility already and some of the options there is, you know, HCG and I think it was a Clomid you mentioned as well. Yep. Yeah. Are, are those uh, something you run concurrently while on TRT or is it something you will run after being on TRT if you get off? 
So you can both. There, uh, you know, the the general protocol would be the discussion with your practitioner. Do you want to have kids? Yes. Great. Let's do a sperm analysis now. See where they're at. They have the option to freeze sperm if they want. Doesn't mean that they're going to go to zero. Right. It just means that there will be some suppression of sperm production if they go on injections. It just has to do with the feedback loop. When the body's getting testosterone, it doesn't need to produce it internally. Therefore, the testosterone within the testicles also goes down, and that's really where it matters the most. So, But there's also, I I said on, on my Instagram stories, I've had friends who are on like massive bodybuilder doses of test in addition to like DECA and all these other things and have still gotten their wives pregnant. So it's not to be mistaken for birth control. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. not a given. I don't want yeah. anyone to be like, how fun. <laughs> so God, I'm responsible for all these children. Right. Um, I, I have been responsible for a couple kids, but that was on purpose. Right. So, <laughs> You know, and then you periodically check and say a guy is on TRT and then, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I, I would have kids. Then they would go on either concurrent Clomid or HCG or even HMG if it's necessary, which is the human menopausal gonadotropin. But that's a little bit harder to find and not always needed. And then it takes about three months for sperm production to proliferate and then they'll test the sperm amount there. And then if not, do, you know, continue on whatever medication that they're on and then do another count. And then they may have to come off if the body's not producing sperm. But according to the practitioners that I've aligned myself with, they've all had clients and, or patients that are able to father children while on testosterone. Right. Interesting stuff. Now, we kind of mentioned, you know, covering the basics in the beginning of, you know, sleep, nutrition, training. How do you go about approaching the topic of stress with the people you work with and, and kind of the role that plays in, in, in testosterone and just overall health? So, you know, it's, it's um, man, I can't find words today. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's almost imperative to get them to understand that they'll never be able to eliminate stress from their lives. And I think they know that, but I think a lot of people think, oh, if I can just get rid of all this stress, and that's never going to happen. We're always going to have something going on in our life. So the key is to be able to control the way we react to it, but also manage the stressors that we do have control over, which are training or nutrition, because training is a stressor. Yeah. People train extremely hard or maybe a little bit too often. That's an added stressor. We have complete control over that variable. We have control over what we put in our mouth. And then we have control to, like I said, to an extent of how much we can sleep. So it's really addressing that. And more often than not, I'm having people train less, walk more, and eat more. And it's, yeah. it works because the the average person's conditioned to think that if the only way they can get results is depriving themselves of foods they like, slashing calories and exercising for four hours a day, that's what they're going to think they need to do. And then they're going to stress themselves out over thinking they need to do that, which does not help. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, and I love that approach because uh, it's just really common sense. And, and 
you know, even though it's common sense, it's something we need to get out to people more and more. Because here with us at the Movement Lab, we see the best results with a lot of our members when they include, you know, some sort of low-level aerobic activity. It could be a walk, it could be a hike or something like that. But it is just that nice balance between the higher levels, like you said, of that stress uh, day-to-day and, you know, you recently put something on your Instagram about, you know, if you're doing high intensity interval training and you have high levels of stress in your life, that may not be the best combination to go with, you know. Um, yeah. So just kind of having that variant of training uh, degrees is all, always a, a good option. Oh, big time. Because, you know, and also people don't really match their uh, food intake to what they're doing in the gym. Like there are a lot of people that um, do compete. And while they're trying to compete, they're trying to be in a calorie deficit. And I'm like, yo, you think Michael Phelps was in a calorie deficit during the <laughs> training? <laughs> like, what would he say if he said he was dieting his way? <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, like that sounds kind That's of stupid. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I've been there. I mean, we've all been there. So this isn't stuff that it's like I have an experience that I'm, you know, scolding people on. Right. But you know, even the small amount of women that I work with, like I have elite CrossFitters that are games athletes training three hours a day mm-hmm. on 1600 calories. And I'm like, dude, no, yeah, you have no menstrual cycle because of this. You're feeling like shit because of this. So it's the same thing with men. And we find a lot of these guys, they, their stress outlet is exercise, but it's almost too much of the wrong kind. So activity, yeah. yes. Yes, you can walk until the cows come home, and that will actually do wonders for your brain, and then it gets them to calm down. But a lot of the time, it is a continuous education curve because they don't want to hear about things being basic and simple. They want some proprietary, complicated formula that Ali G came up with that's <laughs> going to get them to their goals. Yes. When you know people that I work with that they've seen that have had success, it's really implementing the basics, eating enough when they need to, and just having a balanced life without stressing themselves out about it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's, again, just uh, to reemphasize, that is such a great message to get out there because, uh, you know, I feel like we, we skip over the basics to go for the flashy and the sexy all the time, whereas, like, just pay attention to the basics and you're going to be fine, you know? Yeah, it's like lab work. Like, what, is it cool to get, like, a stool test and, you know, a lying test and all these other tests? Yeah, it's really cool. Is it 100% necessary because is somebody you know, who's coming to me have some crazy issue? Probably not. But if they do, we'll we'll get to the point where, you know what, this is probably some other crazy issue and then we'll test for it. But I would say 99% of the time, it's really just mismatched, I guess you would say, energy in certain buckets of their life. Right, right. Uh, uh, for anyone listening to the podcast, uh, definitely need to go follow Ali on Instagram. She has a lot of quality content on there. And uh, one of the last things we're going to get into today is just something you posted not too long ago about uh, supplements and especially like electrolyte replenishment, right? So I just wanted to ask you, for people who are obviously exercising and are pretty active, is drinking water going to be enough for these people, you know, after what they've lost during exercise? No. So, no. And it's funny because like my older golfers, like my guys in their seventies are like, I drink so much water. And I'm like, that's it. Like they don't understand <laughs> like what an electrolyte is. Cause yeah. that, you know, it's a relatively new supplement. So I'll, I'll just give them powder. I'm like, just put this in your water. Um, and the, that powder consists of 
vitamin C, zinc, magnesium, potassium. So those are the main ones that really get depleted through any type of stress, but generally through, you know, exercise. And if you're in a place that has a lot of humidity, like where you are, or even where we are up in Connecticut, you know, you're going to want to double up on that. So I I basically drink that stuff every day, almost all day. I always, you know, have it on so it's very important that people do that yeah yeah and i was just going to ask you then do you have any kind of go-to uh supplements or or you know electrolyte tablets that you like to recommend for people oh yeah so thorn makes a phenomenal electrolyte powder called catalyte and it's got a very low sugar content i think it's two grams i use that and then i actually will use the noon tabs when i travel if i don't feel like getting annoyed by the powders at tsa being checked right um and then on it has I I just got introduced to their electrolyte that's a lime flavored. I love lemon lime, so anything lemon lime. And um also Ultima, which you can actually buy at CVS, which I stumbled upon because I forgot some when I was traveling and they make like powder and then they make like travel sticks, like packets that you can okay. take like on the golf a golf course or something. So I really like those, yeah. you know, and those are kind of like my three I have on auto ship. So yeah, always well stocked with those. So I think, you know, and some people will use lemon as a natural one and sea salt and, you know, there's sodium and all these as well. So I, you know, I think it's really whatever you feel best appeals to your palate, then get that flavor and then go with it. Cause they're all, those are all sweetened with stevia and things that are not crazy. Right, right. Yeah, I've tried the the noon tablets, and they they're pretty handy, like you said, uh, especially when you're traveling too. You know, so and flavors are are pretty good. It's not nothing too bland. It's a uh, I'm kind of like yourself. Anything lemon lime, I'm I'm kind of all in on that. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, well, awesome. This this has been really informative and a lot of quality information here for everyone listening, Ali. So thank you for that. Sure. And uh, before we, we kind of sign off, um, tell everyone where they can find you, like website, social media. Sure. So my website is Ali, A-L-I-Gilbert.com. Um, and that has all my services, my pricing, if you want to do a consult, if you want to do remote coaching, if you just want to read about me, you can find that there. Social media is the Ali Gilbert on Instagram and then the Ali Gilbert for Twitter as well. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, thanks again. And uh, thanks to everyone listening. And we will catch everyone on the next episode of The Pillars of Health. Awesome.